Oh, praise the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning. Praise the Lord. I'd like to welcome all of you back to the Creating a Prayer Culture this morning. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. All right. And uh, everything. And it's just a beautiful day that the Lord has made. And we are rejoicing and we're glad in it. Glad to hear everybody so cheerful this morning. Uh, you know, just getting ready to get some good old manna from heaven this morning. Uh, this is uh, Sunday morning, April the 19th. Amen. One day after Crystal Hayes' birthday that we celebrated yesterday. And so we want to again wish her a happy birthday. And uh, it's 6 a.m. in the morning. So this is the time we gather creating a prayer culture for God. I'd like to welcome all our prayer warriors this morning, prayer partners our gatekeepers, our watchmen and women on the wall, watching out for their city, watching out for their families, watching out for their circle of friends, just watching out for whatever is coming down the pipe that we'll be able to take it before the Lord in prayer. And all of you are overcomers by the blood of Jesus. I know you know this, uh, even those out there on podcast that listen in with us every morning. Uh, we're all overcomers by the blood of Jesus. That's what it says in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. And it says that we also have a word of our testimony and we've been having some profound testimonies that we have documented <clears throat> in our archives. So check those out sometime. It definitely will be a blessing and an inspiration to you there. And if you have one, just let us know and we'll get you recorded. We'll set aside and block some special time to get you recorded. Amen. Because we want to know how this podcast is helping all of you. And if it's helping you, then that means it's giving you the tools that you need to, to walk in victory, to have victory. I don't care what the obstacle, the challenge, the circumstance of the situation is. You plug in here and I guarantee you, you know, and we don't know how you started, but we can almost say assuredly how you're going to end. You're going to be better off at the end before, you know, you got on at the end. I guarantee you that. And so because it's not so much how you start a thing, but it's how you end the thing. So again, we'd like to welcome all of you, Pastor Sharon and I, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe. We're all just delighted to be able to answer this mandate from God and being able to do the things in sound body, mind, and spirit that we're able to do. When so many doors have been closed, our God will go ahead and open up another door that, you know, can't no man have anything to do with it. Like they said, they can't, he, they can't touch that. And he'll close doors that you don't have to worry about what you couldn't do, but you'll be able to put your full focus and effort on what you can do. And so we've been doing that now for about six or seven months, and we're going to continue. Uh, whether they tell us to stay in or let, let us go, doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything for us. But one thing I do know is that situations and circumstances are the only thing that's ever changing, but we're never changing because our God never changes. We're going to do the same things until we see Jesus face-to-face and -face his appearing, and we'll see him the way he is, what all this has been about, and then we'll get to be like him. That's the only way. So I would encourage you this morning to Stay on the glory train this morning. We're on our way to heaven to see Jesus one day. That's our destination. We're in this world, but this is not our home. We're just sojourning here, passing through, and we know our destination. We know our death. We know exactly where we want to end up at, and that's what we do. Forget everything that's behind us, and we press forward toward that mark for the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. And we thank the Lord this morning for all of you. We love you all. We just appreciate you. We pray for you. We call out your name before the Lord and we will solicit your prayers and ask that you do the same thing for us because it is the prayers of the righteous that availeth much. The Bible said men ought always to pray and do not faint. 
Amen. If you're calling on the name of the Lord, I don't care what it is, situation, circumstance, problem, issue, sickness, money, it doesn't matter what it is. If you call on the name of the Lord, seek his, his way of doing it, which is the scriptures first, and things will be added unto you according to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And he said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, if you call on me, I will hear you and answer you and show you great and mighty things. So we're here again this morning to open up the word of God and just kind of see what the Holy Ghost want to feed us this morning. I feel fresh manna. I smell, I smell fresh manna this morning coming down and I'm so excited. Amen. And uh, just like to welcome all of you this morning, especially those out there, our special friends out there in podcast land. 39 platforms and we're all in the all over the place right now being heard 5,000 about 900 uh, people out there that's hitting us and listening a new platform getting added every day because people are hurting they're getting their stimulus checks some of them are not getting them. people are getting anxious they're getting nervous some people are breaking out man going against all of the restrictions and guidelines and going to the beaches and they're just you know they're just not you know, following those instructions, but that's okay because these right here count too. And that's why we're here this morning because we want to obey the commandments of the Lord and we want to also be subject to the laws of the land. And so we're doing all the things that we know we necessarily to do to keep a, a good balance of what's going on by the laws of the land and what's going on by the laws of God. And so we were well balanced as a result of that. And so we welcome all of you this morning. Let's check in this morning and get ready to get this word that the Lord has given us. Abba Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Lord, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, heavenly Father, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is your kingdom, Father, the power and the glory. Holy Ghost, we ask you now as we turn this over to you, that you bring everything back to our remembrance, release that fresh manner, search us right now if there be any sin, wait, Anything that stands between us and your glory, we ask you to take it away right now. We cast it out of our lives. We order it out of our lives this morning. <coughs> and we bind every stronghold right now to try to come in and deceive right now. We cast down every imagination and high thing to try to exalt itself in our lives, even right now at this moment, uh, against the knowledge of who God is. And we arrest you thoughts this morning. Every thought, my thoughts, all thoughts this morning on this line, whatever you're thinking that's not of the word of God, whatever your expectation is that not to hear from God, we bind that and release you from it right now in the name of Jesus. And we just released this morning a, a spirit of learning, a spirit of acceptance this morning, a spirit of faith this morning, that you can accept and receive this word this morning from the Lord this morning, and you're going to be better by it because of it. Amen. So we give you the praise this morning. Now, Holy Ghost, have your way. Touch everybody on there. Now, give them ears to hear, eyes to behold, and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation as we hear this word and believe this word. We come to you this morning, Father God, in your awesome, incredible, amazing name, your son, Jesus. First of all, believing that you are who you say you are. You said, I am that I am. And so we thank you this morning that we know I am. We know who you are this morning, and we are because you are. And so we give you the praise. We give you the glory this morning. We just thank you this morning. And we praise you this morning. And Father, we believe you're going to do every work, everything that you said you was going to do, even when it's impossible, look like it's impossible to man. We know, God, you're faithful who promised you're not a man that you should lie. We thank and praise you that even right now, the anointing of God has come to destroy every yoke off of our life this morning. And we thank you that we're free people this morning. We have a right to come to the line this morning and express our adoration and love towards you this day. 
Now, Lord, we sanctified unto you this morning and just have your way, Holy Ghost, starting right now on this prayer culture. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray amen and amen. All right, then, well, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to be talking about, you know, just going to take a small twist here uh, to this morning and probably tomorrow morning if I don't finish this morning. But a question came up yesterday, and I always like to look for teachable moments and teachable opportunities because these are the real tabletop issues that Christians deal with sometimes, things that are concerning to them, and sometimes they don't know all that's going on. But you know as well as I know that every battle that we're fighting now until we see Jesus is a spiritual battle. And so we might as well arm ourselves spiritually, but it does no good to arm yourself spiritually when you don't even know which enemy, you don't even know which, what enemy you're being attacked by, and you don't even know what you're fighting against. And so I, I, I could have just, you know, downplayed it yesterday, but it just started, got in my spirit. And uh, I've, I've always had a teaching and an understanding about uh, spiritual strongholds. And so yesterday when it popped up and raised its ugly head again, we knew that we had to deal with that. And we took some time and spent some quality time dealing with that. And hopefully uh, we shared it enough wisdom and enough experience, intro knowledge that we know about the subject that we were able to free uh, our dear sister that was on yesterday. But however, if not, I, I didn't hear her voice, but I pray and hope that she's listening this morning. I pray and hope that the rest of the podcast world out there that listen to us on an ongoing basis, I pray that a lot of you, I have a great suspicion that a lot of you, uh, after we shed some light on that subject yesterday, you probably realize in your life that you're probably dealing with some strongholds too. I'll tell you one thing I felt yesterday. I felt a strong anticipation coming through the spirit realm that there were many of you on here that wanted to dive in and say something to her. But uh, for whatever reason, you yielded that opportunity so that we could speak to that matter. And some of you probably even said, you know, I just don't want to deal with that right now. And you maybe you got off the line and that's fine, too. Everybody's got to know how to deal with these spiritual strongholds. And there have been times when I physically removed myself because I was in a place and I heard something, I felt something, and I said, I don't want that to get into my spirit. I don't want to, I don't want to take on that right now. And I physically removed myself so I didn't have to hear it. That's another strategy. There are going to be times you're going to have to run for your life. There are going to be other times you're going to have to stand still for your life. And there are going to have to be other times you're going to have to face that situation, that fear, that, that circumstance, and you're going to have to take it on head on and understand it's not the physical part of it. It's the spiritual part of it that we got to be made aware of because this is a spiritual battle. And we have been given spiritual resources, spiritual weapons that we can use to fight this battle because we already win. Amen. And we got to get this thing up here in our mind because the mind is the battlefield of today. You know, the enemy is trying to entangle our thoughts. He's trying to mess with our mind because we have dove into this foxhole man called Jesus. And we said we ain't coming out. You know, we don't put out our aim mistakes and we know what targets are in front of us. We know what's downrange. Amen. And so we, we're, we're, we're already locked in and we don't fear no man what no man can do to us. So that eliminates flesh and blood. But we don't know about and we're not aware about those old spirits out there that every now and then come out of nowhere at an at a unexpected time. <clears throat> and it could be you just up so high in the spirit and rejoicing and all of a sudden, boom, something come out of left field. You be like, where the world did that come from? Strongholds are like that. They just pop up sometimes out of nowhere. And there's a couple of types of, of, of strongholds, spiritual strongholds that we need to be aware of because you have actually physically 
physical strongholds that affect Christians in a physical way. And then you have spiritual strongholds that also not only affect Christians, but affect everybody who listen to you, who don't know how to process, who don't know how to understand what the heck you're talking about. And so we're going to deal with all of those strongholds this morning a little bit. Uh, this is not, you know, normally and usually where I, where I want to go, but this is a very serious thing right now because if one person is affected with a stronghold, that means they got family members, they got friends, they even got, uh, you know, pastors that they, that they bring it, they drag that stuff to it, they don't understand. And you got other people out there that listen to you, they'll go on uh, Facebook, put all social media, put all their business out there so the world will know they're struggling, they're dealing with stuff. And now other people start reading it and they take on your bag of, of, of stress and, 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 and trauma and drama. And it just affects a whole lot of people. And so we have to be aware of these things because these are our enemies sometimes. They're going after our mind because if they can control the narrative, the, the, the battlefield in your mind, you ain't going to feed nobody out here in this world, you know. And so you're always going to live as a victim and be defeated. So we're all about breaking people free. We use the truth to do that because the Lord wants us to know the truth is very powerful. It's sanctified because it's God's word. John, the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus prayed to his father that he would keep those that he had given him and sanctify them with that word, Lord, because that word is truth. Consecrate them, separate them, Lord God. Break everything off them. Send that anointing uh, to destroy those works that they may be able to do the works that I, I did while I was here on earth and greater works shall they do. Amen. And so we want to dive in here this morning and take a look at these strongholds. Uh, one of the places I like to go anytime I talk about strongholds and we're going to be talking about, we'll touch a little bit on physical strongholds and we'll touch a whole lot more on spiritual strongholds this morning. And I like to sometimes define things when I'm talking about things instead of just saying stronghold, we bind you, we pull you down, we rip you up, we destroy you. A lot of times I know what you're talking about. You, some of you know what we're talking about. But a lot of times, uh, people that are struggling and don't know why, uh, don't know what you're talking about. So we like to enlighten people. We like to take our time and research and explore things. So when we bring you something. We bring you the unveiled, the uncovered part of it, the revelation of it, the meaning of it, how it applies. Because you got to apply the teaching. You got to apply the lessons that you learn if you want to be free. And if you if you're gonna be free, you might as well start with renewing your mind by the word of God. And that'll manifest or that'll, you know, bring some victory in your life when you step out here and walk in the, in the natural. Because you live in the flesh, but you don't war in the flesh. You, you, you can't carnally discern things that are spiritual. You got to be able, man, to number one, be freed in the spirit of your mind by the word. And you got to take on that freedom in a way where you know when that thing comes, that's an old thought coming out of nowhere. I'm going to cast that down because that's what the word instructs you to do. And then you go back and arrest your thoughts and bring them back into the obedience. You start feeding your thoughts back into the obedience of the knowledge of who God's son, Jesus Christ is. And that's how you live a victorious life. It's not that hard, but you can make it more hard and more difficult than it is because we grab and search for so many other strategies. We go get Teddy Pendergrass. We go, we may get us a drink of wine or something. We may try to do something. You know, and that good, that's good. It takes care of or utilizes your physical surroundings to try to get you in a different state of mind. But as soon as you turn all that noise off, guess what? Them strongholds are back. And sometimes if you don't deal with them, they're going to come back with some help. They're going to bring back some families. In other words, if you got a problem with, you know, whatever lust, here come the lust. They don't come like, they don't travel alone. Lust of the flesh will show up. Lust of the eyes show up. Pride of life will show up. You know, all these things coming. If you don't address them when they show up, bind them up, you know, release yourself from it. 
Guess what? Now here come the spirit of suicide telling you, look, you can end all of this. You don't have to suffer like this. And then if that don't happen, you know, you know, you got some, you know, you got some crack over there. You that you, 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 you stayed away from it. You've been good to resist it physically, but you need it right now. Go get you a hit. Nobody here but you. You know, before you know it, you know, you're back into that, that, that cesspool or you're back into that garbage pen or that dumpster dibbling and dabbing on those all those old habits and ways and things trying to find you a way to get around or deal with these, uh, free yourself from these strongholds. But uh, we're going to hopefully shed some light this morning and uh, kind of help you this morning. And so, like I say, this has been a, just a little slight veering away from what we normally be talking about. But this is important stuff. Amen. And I would tell you before I go into this, uh, you know, as I was on there yesterday, listening to uh, our dear sister, sister uh, on, that was on yesterday as she was sharing her struggle, uh, what I felt in my spirit. And I'm so glad this morning, <clears throat> you know, we have a lot of single females that join us on this line. And I know some of you personally, I know you are not, it's not just the ones here on this line, but I had a suspicion yesterday that I'm so glad we wasn't recording what she was saying. It was just among us. And I just felt in my spirit that there were some of our, our single females that probably wanted to jump in and say, sister, I know what you're going through, you know, my struggle, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so glad that that did not happen, uh, you know, because, you know, we, it's not about me sharing my stronghold. You know, it's about me sharing with the person how to get out of the stronghold, you know, how to rise above it. And sometimes uh, we do more harm because once I start exposing myself, it's like the person who's been crying out will say, mm, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one. And sometimes I want, I want y'all to hear me clear. I'm a person. I listen for the spirit because I want to make sure I know what spirit I'm dealing with. And so a lot of times I hear the, the person talking, but I know it ain't them. I know there's something else. Uh, behind that conversation. And I try to listen and be ready to discern what that is. And so what I was hearing is, a, is a, there, there's a lot of you and there's a lot of single females out there in podcasts too. We might not ever meet them, but I know through the spirit that they're out there. And sometimes when we hear something, a special struggle that someone else is going through for, for our females, uh, our, our, our single uh, moms or uh, uh, women on the line, a lot of time when you hear it, you quickly identify with it because that's that's your struggle, you know, and then men the same way. When they hear something like going on with men, they'll say, oh, yeah, man, that brother's on this stuff. I, 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 I can feel that brother. I know where he's coming from. Vice versa with with our with our sisters, too. But we don't want to dabble in that, you know, and share our different uh, strongholds, per se. We want to be able to share how did I get over this? How did I get through this? How did this get broken off my life that I'm no longer living there, that I've been freed by that? And that's usually what um, what we we want to try to provide to people so we can prevent, uh, a, there's, a, there's a word called triggering, triggering all these other emotions, triggering all these other things that you used to be once upon a time, but God has freed you from them. And so I'm so glad for your obedience yesterday that you let the pastors handle that situation. You didn't just jump in there and start saying, well, sister, I know what you're going through. And that I know that urge and that temptation was there because I kind of know the mindset of the people that's on this line. You're so in tune to want to help. That a lot of times, you know, we have to make sure that we allow the spirit of God to work when he's working. And sometimes just Praying while someone else is trying to minister to the person with them silently goes a long ways too, amen, until we can get 
you know, we can get that person to a point where they begin to reason in their minds and see things a different way. And that's when that, that bundle of stress and thoughts begin to unravel because it's like a fortress, a fortified fortress up there in their mind. Nothing has been able to come in, nothing been able to come out. And then when it comes out, it's like, boom, it's an explosion all of a sudden. And it's all over the place. It's like the powder keg blows up and you get a little bit of everything in that instant. And everybody that's been kind of stable get to hear that. They'd be like, wow, where did that come from? You know, that's how those strongholds are, man. And you can't get nothing in because it's so fortified, but you can see stuff that's starting to come out. Amen. Nothing can go in because it's so fortified, which is what a spiritual stronghold and a physical stronghold is. One of the, one of the great dynamics and, and characteristics of it is it's like so fortified and it's so strong and it's so intensified that it's hard sometimes to let anything in and it's hard sometimes to let anything out. And when stuff does come out, it like it blows up everything. So we're going to deal with that this morning. Amen. I'm going to be taking a text this morning out of the book, second book of Corinthians uh, chapter 10 verses three through five. And so I'll draw your attention there real quick. Let me read these verses to you. And then I'm going to talk about them a little bit in a way that uh, I'm going to give some contextual, you know, uh, some uh, definitions and things so that you understand what these words are when we use these words and uh, how to get over them and how to defeat them. And that's, like I said, it's out of the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 real quick and uh, we'll go back into what, I, what it is I got to say. And, and uh, I stood up last night and worked on this, even started yesterday when I got off the line. And my wife and I was talking and she said, baby, I'm going to tell you, that sounds just like a teaching right there because that's, we know those are strongholds. And I said, you know what? You are so right. I'm bearing witness in my spirit. And then we messed around and called uh, later on and talked with Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Eric. And uh, we were all saying the same thing as I was sharing with them, uh, you know, what the Lord had said to Pastor Sharon and I. And, you know, they were in agreement that this is probably a teaching pastor that, that the Lord is calling for before we try to go any further because we'll get more people that's going to come on this line don't even know the enemy that they're struggling with they don't even know that enemy is in their mind you know and sometimes it'll show up out here physically and so we all decided and agreed that this would probably be a good time and a good topic to go ahead and talk about i had some notes from a, from classes the previous day i've taught but this is how this all came to be so this really is fresh manner that you're about to hear this morning and some of you have probably been some of the teaching where we've taught from this pastor scripture but we're going to kind of teach it again this morning because I believe that if it's in the Bible to address our situation and circumstance, then we should go there and look for the answer. So let's take a look here this morning. Again, this is uh, the second book of Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 1. And this is Paul dealing with a lot of people in that church in Corinth who also were dealing with strongholds and did not know. They had their focus on the wrong enemy. They were attacking each other in the church. You know, they were seeing things, hearing things. They even had a had a, a stronghold on them about the community that they was in, where the church was at. And so they were dealing with a lot of things, okay? And in their mind, they thought that they were right. That's the sad thing. They thought that they were right. They thought they had a right because they were wealthy. They were in charge. You know, they were free people. And Paul comes along and says, nope, your problem is the way you're thinking right now about life, the way you're thinking about these situations, the way you're processing them, the strategy you're using to deal with these things is says loud and clear that there's a stronghold in your mind. And Paul said, I got to deal with it. And so he uses a, a physical uh, strategy to try to paint a picture of them about a stronghold in his descriptive language that he used. Amen. The physical portion to try to paint a, a spiritual picture. And they got what he was saying. And so we're going to see this morning. If we get what he was saying. 
as we open this up. But he had to give an answer to them because he was being criticized. Paul was being criticized because by now, everybody recognized that Paul was inspired of God. He was full of the Holy Ghost. So they wanted to know what what is Paul take on this? OK, and Paul addresses it. He didn't run away from it. He faced it. Why? Because Paul had dealt with his own personal stronghold and he had been freed. So he understood what he was up against. He understood the enemy. And you can't fight and win if you don't understand the enemy. You can't do anything if you don't understand. You've got to always get some wisdom that fits your circumstance. And then you've got to understand how that wisdom applies to your circumstance so you can apply it after you receive it. Amen. And Paul did that. Now he's passing on to this church. And they were criticizing Paul, but Paul had the answer. How many of you know the answer always going to be criticized? You know, it's, Christians are the only one that will critique a lie and criticize a lie and call it out. But for the most part, other people, man, always going to criticize your answer because you're a Christian. So you can expect that. OK, but don't you stop giving the answer because people criticize you or they may say you don't get it. You don't agree with them. And then, you know, he, he knew he was dealing with some type of warfare. OK, he knew that he was dealing with some type of warfare. And Paul knew he's going to have to have some type of weapon that's stronger than that spiritual stronghold to pull it down. OK. And so we're going to take a look at that. So let's begin reading right here. Verse one, it says, Paul, now listen to how Paul is addressing this stronghold, this spiritual stronghold that's in the church. He says now, okay, how many know now faith is the minute you recognize it, bam, you know, you got to be able to buy faith, go ahead and take it on, don't run from it. He says, now I, Paul, myself beseech thee by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. In other words, Paul said, I ain't going to come back at you like you coming back at me. You're disagreeing with me because you got a stronghold up there. Nothing can get in your mind. And so Paul said, I'm not going to come back at you that way. I'm going to be very meek. I'm going to be very humble because I know what I'm saying is the truth. Okay. But there are other times when you got to be able to silence that voice. So you might have to amp it up a little bit to let that voice know once you recognize that that's not the person, that's not the flesh, that's not the blood, but that's a spirit behind it all. So you want that spirit to know that, hey, I'm no weakling. You're not dealing with no weakling. I done sat here and listened to enough of your stuff and bam, you got to get on that spirit because the more, the more territory in that mind you let that spirit gravitate to before you know it, that thing I have you, man, talking this conversation. And so Paul said, I'm, I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be gentle because, you know, you catch a lot more uh, bees with honey than you do, you know, flies with honey than you do with salt, you know. And uh, so he goes on to say here, you know, that I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be meek. He said, but I'm using that that Christ has given me when he freed me. Who in the present I am among you, but being absent, am bold towards you. In other words, Paul said, if I'm sitting right there with you, looking at you and you saying this and you sharing this kind of trauma and drama with me, Paul said, I'm not going to give you a different answer. So I'm going to give you the same answer I would give you if I was there when I'm not there. I'm going to write this down to you and I'm going to read this to you. Because this right here is what's going to free you. This is what's going to change your mind. And Paul said, I'm doing this because I love you. It may sound like tough love coming out. But Paul said, no, no, no. I know this is what's going to free you if you want to be free. The truth. Jesus sends the truth. John 8, the book of John chapter 8, verse 32. And he goes on here to say, Paul said, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel. And he said, I'm going to use the gospel to answer your question because you are accusing me now of dealing with you with a worthy spirit because you're thinking, I don't understand what you're going through. And just because Paul said, I'm not sharing all my baggage with you, but I'm sharing with you what a minister should share with you, which is the word of God. You arguing with me. You, 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 you don't want to hear what I got to say. You're not really receiving it, even though you're hearing it, but you are not hearing it with the intent to do it. 
but you need to hearken to what I'm saying, which is different than just hearing. In other words, sometimes the difference in hearing and hearkening is how you listen to things and how you listen to things are going to determine how you receive things. And so Paul is dealing with all that right there, because in a way they're thinking Paul, you know, is, is uplifting these here standards of the world. But now Paul's standards are coming from out of the world. They're the ones in the world. And so they're trying to use strategies, experiences, uh, methods and things that the world use to try to calm this fear, calm this situation. And Paul is saying the stuff I'm talking to you, telling you this is this is golden. This is revelation. Paul is saying this is what I've been inspired. This is what God has given me because this is what he used to free me. And so he's letting them know, don't accuse me of being no coward. Paul said, I ain't no coward. I'm bold about it. I know what I'm talking about. You know, he, and he was sharing it with them. He said, this is uh, what I'm writing to you. This is what I would tell you if I was there. So don't be timid because I'm not timid. Receive this truth, Paul is saying. Verse two, he says, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present and that confidence that I'm, that I'm exuberating through my letter, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. It may sound like that sometimes because like yesterday when it got so far, I hadn't said anything, but I felt in my spirit there were those out there, man, that was sitting there. I know pastor going to get on this in a minute. I know pastor got to say something. That's just how pastor's nature is. And so all of a sudden, man, bam, here come pastor right on time, just like you thought, just like you were expecting. Isn't that amazing how the Spirit of God had all of us on the same accord? Your mind went over there, the other person's mind. Everybody was just waiting to hear what God was going to say. You know, just like just like those people waiting to see what Paul was going to say. And it might have sounded like initially Pastor was coming out of the flesh, man. It might have sounded like I, you know, I was in the flesh when I raised my voice a little bit and said, Hey, wait a minute, you all over the place. No, 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 no. That's a strategy because it ain't the person. It's the spirit. I'm trying to grab that spirit. I'm trying to shed that spirit mouth that will continue to speak through that person, influence that person. Why? It's controlling the thought realm right now. And we know that we recognize that. And so we go after that spirit sometimes. And sometimes it's shocking when that spirit hear us, when we have been so quiet for about 30 seconds and didn't say anything, when sometimes we start out saying a whole lot, but this time we were just listening. And that thing thought it was going to gain some more momentum and gain a little bit further and just dominate the closing of our prayer hour yesterday. But we showed it, didn't we? And it wasn't the, the, the individual. It was the spirit that was influencing it. Amen. And so we understand what Paul is saying there. You know, you might want to accuse me of being fleshly. Carnal, I don't carnal minded like Paul. I don't know. Don't really care. You know, but but it wasn't about no physical power at the time. It was about spiritual precedent. You know, and we release spiritual power against that thing because we recognize right away wasn't the flesh and blood. It was the spirit behind it. It was a stronghold, you know, amen, that was set up in that person's mind and their thought pattern. So verse three, he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It seems like that sometimes, but that's not the case. We don't war after the flesh, even though we walk in it, we live in it, we operate in it. Paul was letting them know because we're not living in the flesh and doing things in the flesh. Paul is saying, therefore, I don't use no worldly tactics that have already failed you. That's why you're so messed up right now, because you don't try this. You don't turn to that. You don't call this person. You don't try to smoke a little dope. You don't took some of the psychiatric medication. You done did all of these things and it just gave you temporary relief. And now you're right back to the same boat that you were. Uh, and now what happens is you bought some company. That thing bought some company. It sent some more cousins. It sent some more demonic stuff. So you bring bringing all of that with you now because once you got 
that thing clean whenever you say you got saved and God renewed your mind. The Bible said that when a man cleans that house, if he don't put something in there to replace what was taken out, cast out before, that them demons are going to come back this time seven times more fierce than what they were before they left. And so sometimes you hear that, you be like, my God, this just sounds like a whole lot more stuff been added to this pile than the last time this person was here three weeks ago. You know, and that, and that happens with a lot of people, you know, because they don't do uh, what they know they need to do to free themselves, to, to help themselves. They go right back and sit on the couch. They go right back into isolation. They go right back to social media. They go right back to back and forth exchanging with other friends out there that are going through what you're going through. And just because sometimes they tell you, girl, I know what you're going through. Brother, I've been there before. Don't, don't get caught up in that. That don't free anybody. That just brings more drama you know, into your trauma, you know, and, 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 and so you've been living your life ever since that happened from week to week or whenever you got on the line, got off the line, you didn't get on the line. What happens is this, you get into a habitual pattern of living your life between the boundaries of drama and trauma and back to trauma, back to drama. You just go back and forth, back and forth, and you never get able to break out of those walls, okay? They got you boxed in. It's, it's like a fortress around your brain, around your mind, your mental capacity. That's what we mean about a stronghold. You know, it's just so fortified that you only go so far and peep over the wall, but you never break through those walls. They're there in your mind. They block you. And you start thinking about what's going on in those walls between my trauma that's real and my drama that's all made up. That's my reality. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm writing a play of my own life and this is how, and I'm one of the star actors in that. And so I'm comfortable going from my trauma back over to my drama. It's like I'm in the fortress of my mind and I'm just going so far this way and so far that way. And I'm not going to open the gate and just walk out of that and free myself and leave that stuff behind. It's kind of like Paul was saying how that city in Corinth was fortified up on top of that hill that they knew about. There was a fortress up there and they knew how fortified it was. And Paul was using that visual, visual picture to describe to them. That's kind of like what is in your mind right now. I'm not penetrating. I'm not getting through to you. And so he was using that visible image that he knew they were aware of. They, they've been up there to try to attack that fort before. He says, a fortress. You can't get in. You know, and Paul says the same thing right now. I'm trying to get into your mind. I'm trying to let you know you're wrong and where you think. I'm trying to let you know that that's not normal, that there's something going on there. There's some trauma there and that trauma can be real. It can be mental. OK, and you got to get you some professional help sometimes. Whatever you do, don't go out there getting nobody else, your friend or your neighbor's sacroatic medication. It might be a stronger dose because they have a stronger mental tra trauma and taking that thinking you're going to be all right. And then you go grab you some wine and a beer and all that, sucking that stuff down. And then before you know it, somebody come along and say, man, they got this marijuana it's legal. Now, here, hit this right here. That'll help you. You know, so you start compounding the problem. That's that's the trauma portion of it. And then when all that wears off. And you listening to Teddy Pentagraph on the couch and all your friends are going away, beer bottles everywhere, you know, dope, every, little roaches are dope in the ashtray. You sitting up processing all of that stuff and you have a, all of a sudden a moment where something triggers and now you're creating your own drama and you remember, man, let me get on the prayer line. Let me get on the prayer line. Or you do whatever. You call somebody now to get some prayer, call your prayer partner, you grab your Bible, you try to read your Bible, stuff yourself with word right now, but... You got to do something with that mind up there. You got to break that fortress open so you can get free out of your own mind, you know, because you got that that dance or that waltz back and forth going on up there from 
trauma to drama, back over to trauma and back and forth, back and forth until you can you can get yourself, uh, you know, get yourself some temporary relief when you really do need to be totally delivered and set free. And so Paul is dealing with this mindset right here. And he's telling them, man, that I don't use the weapons you think I use to break through. They're not physical, but they're spiritual because they carry with them divine power. What we deal with is divine power, supernatural, miraculous breakthrough power, breakout power. That's what we deal with because the Lord said, great is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The truth is powerful. The word of God is powerful. It's quick. It's sharp. And it's two-edged sword. It cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And I love it because it said it is discerned of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. You know, that's what Paul said about the word of God, you know. And so you have to understand that with the weapons we use, even though we live in the flesh, we do not war after things uh, after the flesh. He goes on in verse four and addresses these weapons. Look at what he says. He said, for the weapons, plural, meaning more than one now. So you got to have more than one scripture because if you're struggling over here in your mind about finances and over here in your mind, you're struggling about, you know, how I'm going to get over this headache or whatever. You know, you can't take the weapon that you use to solve a financial demonic influence when you're dealing with a physical thing you need he uh, healing from. You know, and so you got to be able to use the appropriate weapons for the appropriate enemy for the appropriate attack. Amen. Because you want that 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 enemy that's attacking you to know that you recognize what that enemy is. And you ain't all over the place. You ain't saying, well, this here must got something to do with that time when I didn't do this. It must have something to do with when I when I yelled at somebody it must have something to do with that little argument I had on the on the job. Now your thoughts are all over the place, man. You got to corral that stuff and try to chase down all them thoughts. Okay, that's what happens to ministers sometimes. People just come at you suddenly, man, boom. You're like, my God, we didn't pray about, we didn't hear that last week you was on, you know, so you, you got to process all of that. And sometimes you just got to sit back, zip it up and just listen to the person for a minute before you give a response. And we kind of did some of that yesterday. And this is why we back here this morning dealing with this. Hopefully this is making sense. He said, for the weapons of our warfare, our, I like what Paul, how you use the word our there. He's talking about all ministers should be using this strategy. He's, a, he's covering all ministers. And Paul would later go on and kind of be like the father of some, you know, some ministers, you know, their spiritual father. So he's teaching right now. He says, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I hope some of the pastors and leaders are out there that's in on podcasts with us. I know Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, Minister Smith, Minister Lane. I know they're there. But outside of that, I pray and hope a lot of the ministers or some of you sometimes that fill in that like you want to you want to minister to people when 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 they come on the line because you can identify with their struggle. I, I pray and hope that you're you're hearing what Paul is saying to all of us out there who have uh you know the the, the ministry on, on that's called on our lives that you not get ahead of God and sometimes you not just jump in and and drag your trauma and your drama into their trauma and their drama. Now you got double trauma and double drama that you got to deal with because those things in you don't resurface. You know, and Paul is saying you don't want to bring that bag that you left in Egypt back into Cana, I mean, back into the promised land. In other words, what he's saying, God has equipped us with some new weapons because we're fighting with a new enemy here. We're fighting with the enemy of your mind and where you think is the way you're going to be in life. So we got to get that enemy defeated in your thoughts, captivated, you know, to the knowledge of God. So forget about your trauma. Forget about your drama. Right now, we want to be able to use the weapons that God has given us, which have nothing to do with carnal weapons uh, or what you went through. It ain't going to pull down on strongholds. If anything, it's going to pull up some. 
And so look at verse five. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul identifies it right there. And he's saying this is the spiritual method using the divine power and wisdom that God has given us to conquer these. Old. Look, he, he addresses these strongholds. He said they are threefold. If you come one way with one fold, because that's all you understand, because you don't have a, a lot of knowledge and understanding about what, how, how Christ would deal with these. You might just use one fold. Paul is saying, but it's threefold. And listen to what he's saying right here. He says, you know, we must first cast down arguments or imagination. Those things that you're arguing with yourself about in your own mind. You know what I'm saying? Paul said, look, you got to first cast down. That's the first fold. You're breaking through now. You're getting through to where your real problem is at. He said, you got to first cast down. The first method of conquering is cast it down. You know, in other words, how you cast down, Pastor? You know it ain't of God. I, whatever it is, whatever it is, if it's about an old boyfriend or girlfriend or old something, you say, I cast down that thought. You call it out. I cast you down. That thought has to obey you. It's in your head. It's trespassing in your thoughts, in your, up in your mental capacity. It don't belong there. God didn't send it there for you to be pondering over it. So you cast it down. He said for you to meditate on the word of God, not on that trauma, not on that drama, not running back and forth in your mind, sprinting from one trauma over to the drama back and forth. You know, yeah, you'll get in shape doing that, but you ain't going to accomplish nothing spiritually. Okay, you're just going to be built up and, and, and strong to keep that argument going, you know. And so he's telling you right there, cast that thing down, okay, that argument, that imagination is fighting for control of your mind. And then number two, he says, he destroys every high thing set against God. Remember that. If it's attacking you like that, attacking your ability to reason things out with the word of God and let the word of God get through to you, then look at what Paul's saying right there. He said it's against God because God is trying to let your mind be stayed on him so you can have perfect peace according to Isaiah 26 and 3, but you just keep going back to that low place. You keep going back to that trauma. You keep going back to that drama, that medication and wore off. It wasn't your medication to start with. The dosage wasn't high enough. And so that wear off, that hit you got from that joint of marijuana, it didn't do nothing for you. You still ain't healed. You still got problems. And so because that thing is fighting against the knowledge of God, it's going to take the knowledge of God to knock that thing out of your mind. Okay, to free you. And he said, I want you to know the truth that the truth make you free. Okay, I want your mind to be stayed on me until you hear enough truth and that truth begin to conform you to the things of God. It transforms you to the things of God, you know, not conforming more to the things of the world. So you can go out there to the world and get all the help you need. Okay, that's fine because there are psychiatrists out there to help people with trauma, but drama is something God gonna have to deliver you from. That's created by you. Okay, the only doctor that can free you from your drama is Jesus. Now, psychiatrists and psychologists and other mental health professionals out there can help you get through, give you some strategies and some things to do to deal with your trauma because trauma is real. You know, it's real. And, and so sometimes you got to go talk to professionals who spend all their time, you know, observing people, studying, you know, science and all these approaches and techniques, personality, behavior problems, and they try to help you adjust to be able to live in your environment some kind of normal life. But until you come in contact with Jesus, because that's really what it's warned against. These things are attacking the knowledge you have of Jesus. And sometimes that's the last place we go to protect. We don't want to protect the knowledge. We don't protect the truth. We don't protect what I know, what I've been using. And so it, it gets the best of us 
And the next thing you know, we snap. And regardless of where we at, it all comes out. Now, everybody know my business. I'm just letting everybody know what's going on, you know. And so then he goes on to say right there, lastly, okay, he says, look, he seeks to captivate, or you know, the subject of every thought. That's what I mean about making sure that if it's something specific over here, that you address that thing specific, cap be kept specific, okay, specific. You know, don't be praying for, for oranges when the problem is apples, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's got to be specific. And that's what Paul is saying. He says he seeks to captivate the subject of every thought by bringing it into the knowledge of Christ. What did God say about it? In other words, Adam didn't eat no apple. So that's not going to work dealing with the problem that Adam had, which was he sinned him and Eve both. Okay. Ain't had nothing to do with no apple because it wasn't no apple he ate. So you see how you can sometimes call out the wrong thought or the wrong thing and the enemy hears that and he know you wrong. He going to build his case on that. He going to have you talking about the apple man for the rest of your life. And you're going to be going around, man, thinking that Adam ate an apple. And you're going to be thinking that, he you know, he, 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 he caused E to fall. And we'll start saying stuff. We'll start building that up in our mind. We'll start saying that. When his, it never said what fruit, it said the fruit of the tree. It didn't say what fruit. But Sharon raised an interesting point yesterday. She said, well, if it's an almond tree, it gives almonds. You know, so it's whatever the fruit is on the tree. But the Lord didn't say what the fruit was. He just said, the day that you partake of the fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So don't start putting your, your, your see, this is, what, this is where your, your, your drama comes in at. You start, you start, you know, paint it the way you see it. And that's not the way it really is. And that can make a world of difference because you've got a real enemy out there that's going back and forth seeking whom he may devour. And he devours us in the area of lack, the things that we don't know, we just say. That means right there that apple is exalting itself above the knowledge of what God really said. And until you bring it into captivity, you'll be sitting there thinking you're right. And if somebody call you out and say that's not right, now you're forming other thoughts about that. I know what I'm talking about. I read the Bible too. You know? And that's how the enemy plays with our mind. Have you blaming the wrong people? They're trying to free you and help you. You thinking they're against you. And I'm not saying this. I don't, I don't know anybody that's doing this right now, but I'm just saying I know that that could be one of the outcomes. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt and the hat too. I know this to be true, y'all. We experienced a little bit of that yesterday. I'm praying and hoping that our dear sister did come back today. If she didn't, to God be the glory. This will be documented so she can go listen to it. And anyone else out there. I know we got some single uh, mothers on the line that have gone through some stuff with men. They might be still blaming men. There may be some single people out there that's listening right now, you know, praying to God for a mate. And you already telling God what you want him to look like and all of that. Better make sure that they got, a, they got the mind to serve Christ. You, you got better make sure of that. You better make sure where those thoughts are at or it can turn real abusive real quick. Amen. And so let's go a little further here. So we know the three areas here that Paul is saying we need to cast down things and, uh, and, and bring things into the, the obedience to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he says every thought, he says bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience. You have been given a badge and a license to go and arrest your thoughts when they're misbehaving and put them back in jail, okay, to the knowledge of God. You, you, you have been given the, the authorization to go up in there and arrest your own thoughts. And that's what that means. Bring them into captivity. Arrest them. Tell your thoughts. I'll arrest you in the name of Jesus. You ain't going to take me down that path. That man been out of my life 12 years now. He is good and gone. 
for that female. You know, stop fantasizing and dreaming about her. She ain't coming back. She already married and got three children. When you went to prison, I'm sorry. She moved on. He moved on. Let that stuff go, you know. Keep, keep them thoughts out of your mind. Get rid of that stuff. Then verse 6, he said, for my final verse this morning, he says, and Paul is talking as a minister. I'm talking to you this morning as a minister. This is what we do. You know, Paul said, you got to be ready to stand fast and deal with rebels. In other words, he was using that picture, that image up on that mountain, and he knew that any time those Corinthians tried to advance on that fortress up there, I don't know what kind of soldiers were behind that wall. I do know one thing. They had fortified that stronghold until it wasn't easy to get in there. The walls were too high. They were too thick. You know, they had trenches around it. They had did everything they could to fortify their position. And Paul said, when rebels tried to come and get in, they couldn't get in. And this is what Paul is saying right here. He says, six, verse six, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Paul is saying when they try to go up there, man, those rebels up there had lookouts on the wall. You ought to have some lookouts in your mind. The word ought to be looking out for you. That one of them thoughts come trying to come in your head, right away the Holy Ghost quicken you and bring something back to your remembrance that God said. And fight off that rebel. Resist that rebel. Don't let that thought come in. It's a rebel thought. It's trying to get in your mind and control you. And Paul is saying as a minister, we got to stand ready to deal with these rebels. We can't wait. Drag them around. Smoke them away. Drink them away. You know, take psychiatric medication away. We still got to wake up one day and deal with it and face it. And so Paul said, they're a rebel. They come in there, man, to just, to, to, to be a, just tear up your mind. And before you know it, something will trigger and you will explode and you'll start pulling all that other stuff that you got rid of. You'll start pulling it back together and be saying, well, this because of this and this because of that. I didn't do this right. You'll just wear yourself down with all that. Here we go again from my trauma, back over to my drama, back over to my trauma. And that's far as you get, just running back and forth between those two extremes and he says but only after genuine believers are identified okay or identified by that rebel thought or person in some cases are you ever going to have a chance of being free when that thought clash with your thoughts you got to make a decision the bible said the decision is already made cast down that argument cast down that imagination Go ahead and captivate, arrest those thoughts, bring them back into the obedience of the knowledge. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. It's right then and there where Philippians 2 and 5 kicks in. You start saying, no, I'm going to let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in me. God, I pray that my thoughts will come in agreement with your will. Right on the spot, you know, start bringing it back in, okay? So what is a stronghold? A stronghold of the mind is a lie that Satan has established in our thinking, that we count as something that's true, but it is actually a false belief. And when we embrace these lies, listen to me, when we embrace these lies, they affect our attitudes, our emotions, our actions, our lifestyles, our normal abilities to function as a mentally stable individual and struggles to maintain what is believed to constitute a normal, acceptable behavior. Now, when you're figuratively speaking about this, in picture what Paul saw up on that mountain, he dressed them because they were familiar with that because they had tried to attack it. In Hebrew, I'm, I'm speaking figuratively now about this stronghold. In Hebrew, the Hebrew language, the meaning says a stronghold is a defensive structure 
Matter of fact, when you look at Psalms 9, verse 9 in the King James Bible, he puts it like this. The Lord also will be a refuge for, a, for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. So what David is saying there, when I was all stressed out, when I was running back and forth between my trauma and my drama, I went to the Lord, okay? And I saw the Lord as my refuge for my oppression, as my refuge in the time of my trouble. You know, Proverbs 18 and 10 says, I ran to the Lord, okay? And I was saved, the name of the Lord. That's what you ought to be thinking about. Proverbs, I mean, Isaiah 26 and 3 says, he whose mind is stayed on the Lord, he will keep him in perfect peace, okay? That's how you overcome those things, cast them down, you know? It also says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold, a place that you can go that's fortified against rebel thoughts that run rampant through your head sometimes from trauma over to drama, from drama back over to trauma. And that's far as you're able to get. It's set up. It's so fortified up there in your mind, in, especially in times of trouble. Okay. There was a word in the, in the, in the Hebrew language called misgave, and it means high spot or as a refuge. Okay, those thoughts will hide up there sometimes. You don't want to let them out. You kind of keep them in there, but they're the wrong thoughts. You got to renew your mind. Okay, then it talks about a properly or a cliff for other lofty or accessible place, inaccessible place. Your mind has got to be like an inaccessible place for these crazy thoughts. You got to deny those rebel thoughts. You can't let them come in and set up shop. They don't belong there. You know, they don't belong there. Uh, figuratively speaking, again, it talks about a refuge or a defense, a high fort or tower or place of refuge. That's what should be going on in your head, that you have such a high tower, high uh, understanding uh, about God until you can look out over your life and see all these things coming and discern them. And before they attack you and get in, because you're the one that let them gain access. You know, if you fortify your mind with the, the, you know, that, that wall of scripture that God will raise up when the enemy comes in like a flood. You don't have to think about the flood. You think about what the Lord said. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you know, boom, God will raise up a standard. That's your wall. Hide behind that wall. Them rebel thoughts can't come in. I don't care if they flood you sometime. Like all of it hits you at the, at the same time. You know, old broken relationships, old disappointments, old this, old that, old habits. All that stuff come at you sometimes, try to create a guilt trip. But the Lord will raise up a wall. He'll raise it. Why? You are fortified in Christ Jesus. Nothing can penetrate unless you open yourself up to it. Okay. David found that out in the book of Psalm, uh, you know, chapter nine. You know, then it went on to say, how do we end up entangled and strangled by or with a stronghold? Here goes some ways I'm going to tell you about it. That way you'll be able to identify a broken heart, some type of betrayal, not being loved properly, not being uh, covered or protected and you got too many traumatic events you're trying to deal with and process at one time you have personal sin sometimes can take you down can create an ungodly stronghold or you know your life sometimes can flash before you like that and be, and bring disappointment paint a picture of disappointment because you haven't pursued your career goal and in your life and over your life you've had so many things that you can you process Trauma, drama, back and forth. Nobody can tell your story. And you'll say that sometimes. You don't know my story. You know, it's going back and forth in your mind all the time. But you, but you say, you're singing in the choir, but you're free. But you say you know Jesus. Why is that going back and forth in your mind, your story? It ought to be his story now. You ought to be keeping your mind stayed on him now. 
And more than any of the above things I just said, when a person gets in a habit of believing the lie and enter into a false pathway of life, prosperity, peace, love, joy, and the pursuit of happiness. In other words, stay away from Hollywood. You know, them love stories in Hollywood. Stay away from them noonday, you know, love of joy of the world and all that stuff. That, that's not the answer. You sit there and cry all day long if you want to when you got some time now to watch those things. You know, as the world turns. You need to get that Bible and new your mind and free your mind. Get all them rebels out of there. You know, they're reaping havoc in your life. Okay. A prop to properly free ourselves, we must be connected to a Christian spiritual discernment or somebody who can spiritually discern that can help me to be able to see like Paul the minister is helping these people see where the real struggle was at. You got to be connected. This prayer line is such a place. The people on this line is such a people. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to read one more of these and I'm going to probably end right there so we can pray. I mean, I got so much more here. Hopefully uh, I'll get through all of this one day. And it says, Christian spiritual discernment. The fundamental definition for Christian discernment is a decision-making process in which an individual makes a discovery. I got a problem that can lead to future action. If I don't change this, something's going to happen in the future that might not be pretty. In the process of Christian spiritual discernment, God guides the individual to help them arrive at the best possible decision, hopefully and prayerfully, a well-informed understanding followed by a well-informed decision. Okay, How does all this fit into, a, into spiritual warfare? First of all, Understand what the spiritual warfare is that we are engaged in and will remain engaged until the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every battle we're going to fight going forward is going to be a spiritual one. Starts in the mind. Lesson from yesterday. What, we, what I learned yesterday, I wrote down a lesson. There is a word called concupiscence. A lot of people are afraid of that word sometimes, but it's there. It is potentially or a stronghold, the word itself. Let's see, is anyone on this call currently dealing with this stronghold? Concupuance is the strong desire such as lust. A good example of concupuance is a man's or a woman's unending desire for a particular man or woman in their life. They may not be there real anymore, but in their mind, they think they're there. One that is not easy to shake or loose but can be bound, released, can't be bound, released, broken, shattered, dismissed, ordered, commanded, or cast out or pulled down or vice versa. That's that stronghold in your mind. Those thoughts, those ideas about that man or that woman. And they've been gone 20 years. And we still got them up here in our mind. Those rebel thoughts about them. And what happens is if I don't deal with that, I'll start transferring that over to other men or other women. And they become the victim of that. Uh, so spiritual warfare is the Christian concert of fighting against the work of the uh, like a preternatural power offering defiance to God. It's like a hierarchy of evil powers, thrones and dominions of principalities of powers, elaborated systems of eons the, uh, there to serve the, the, the metaphysical, theological and ethics. Uh, that exist among Gnostic thinking people, world rulers of darkness, demonic powers of gods and the little G evil forces. 
It is all based on the biblical belief in evil spirits, demons that are said to intervene in human affairs in various ways, various appearances at various times. They come in different types and different forms. That's why we said we don't fight against flesh and blood. All those things I just described to you, that's how this spiritual warfare is to be viewed, that you're fighting against principalities. Rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the powers that be. I just read off a few of them. My list is much more intense than that, but I don't have time to go through this long list. But that's all that's going on in your mind when you're dealing with trauma and drama back and forth. High things. I just named off a whole bunch of them. They're all evil. They're all associated with evil spirits. It's not Satan himself, but it's the evil spirits. It's the demonic influence. It's